everybody, Susan Finch here with All Volunteer, All Heart from Binky Patrol. And this is kind of a crossover episode because I want to introduce you to Michelle Kramer and her wonderful charity on Angel's Wings. And I also want to talk about how this can fit into your own, the conversations, her mission statement fits into HR departments. So we might split this up a little bit. We might put this part of this on Rooted in Revenue and leave the rest of the story here on Binky Patrol site. But the other purpose of All Volunteer, All Heart is to bring together and expose everybody to these smaller charities, the ones that are truly grassroots where there aren't these big salaries happening, but their mission is no less important just because they don't have the big budgets behind them. So this is also to give all of you hope that want to get involved with a true from the heart charity with a strong mission. And if you're doing this yourself, things you need to think about and to consider. And if you're a company saying, how do we incorporate giving and strategic volunteering into our overall plan for employee satisfaction, for retention, for making a difference and using you know our powers to do good for the world. So Michelle, after all that, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for having me, I'm very excited. Cool. So give us a little bit of background. First, what On Angel's Wings is, but what led you to start it? So um, On Angel's Wings uh, seeks to improve the mental health and well-being for families that have medically fragile children. We don't have any parameters, race, ethnicity, class status, orientation, none of that. It's just if your child is sick, we are there. So we provide that through free therapeutic photography and grief recovery services. And when I say grief recovery, a lot of people associate that with losing the child, which we do have a lot of families that do, but there's also a lot of grief associated with a child that's medically fragile and the life that you expected yourself and that child to have. There are a lot of organizations around the nation that do photos for families in these situations, but we have yet to find one that also has a support system in the capacity that we do. And that's always been very important to me. I started doing bereavement photography about 15 years ago when my firstborn I was one of those very naive moms. If I make it past 12 weeks in my pregnancy, everything's going to be great. And I had him, he was perfectly healthy and everything was fine, but it was brought to my attention that this happens one in 160 pregnancies ends in stillbirth for no apparent reason. And I was just unaware, you know, nobody told me because, you know, they don't want to freak out a new mom. Right. Right. When I found that out and I'm a full-fledged empath. I could not leave these families in the lurch. And so I just was motivated through my heart to serve them and be there for someone who didn't get to have a beautiful baby in their arms. And then it really just kind of morphed. Uh, about two years later, I ended up working with a family whose eight-month-old had spinal muscular atrophy. So his muscles began to deteriorate from birth. Mm. Um, he couldn't even hold up his own head or do anything. And I went to his home and did a lifestyle session in their home. At the time, there was no treatment. There is now, but um, his family was doing like a palliative approach with him. And mom had a bucket list of items of things that he would be doing. And so we had him touching dirt and mud for the first time while I was there taking pictures. And he kind of got overstimulated and he took every fiber in his being and mustered everything he had. And he threw those Tupperwares mom was holding out of her lap and it went everywhere. And I have this beautiful image of him just chuckling because he was so proud of himself for doing this. 
And it was that connection because up to that point, I'd only done birth loss photos outside of my photography business, that connection with him in that moment and an opportunity to create a moment of joy for a family who lost him like three months later, Mm. that just really fueled this fire in me. It was something I had been thinking about. And then after meeting him, I was like, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. (laughs) So I started it in July of 2013 and kind of haven't looked back. It's been a crazy journey. I started it with the intention of just serving our local community because there wasn't anything here. I'm in Springfield, Missouri. In 2014, we did 40 sessions. And last year we did 267. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We serve all of Missouri. And then at the end of last year, we launched our first out-of-state chapter in Oklahoma City. So, and we're, we're, we will launch Minneapolis this year. I'm just like, what? <laughs> so it's all photographers that volunteer? All volunteer photographers. And then I have a functional board of directors. And then I am kind of salaried, sort of. <laughs> I quit my job in June to work the organization full-time for the first time in 10 years. And... I do salary support raising kind of like a missionary would was how I was able to quit my job. And then I just get like a portion, a designated portion of certain amounts of donations, like when they come in, but they're sporadic and they, you know, but that's okay because this is my heart and mission. So it's fine. (laughs) Well, and I want to talk about though, the salary piece. I can get a hundred people together to make blankets. You are going after a very defined skill set. And not just as photographers, but the emotional set to be able to do this and serve your clients, it's way more refined and it takes a lot of devotion that takes a lot out of all of you. And yeah, compensation makes sense because you've got to cover some of it because you're drained, I would think. Make, you know, with this pace that you have going and growing, that's a big load on all of you. Yeah. So what we do, I'm very diligent about, you look at other organizations and they might have in these major cities, like four or five photographers. I have 20 photographers in our little bitty Springfield with 170,000 people. I've got 20 in St. Louis. I've got 15 in Kansas city. So it's very important to me that I have enough people that there's not compassion fatigue, that we share the load equally. And I've got photographers who are like, send me on every single session. And I tell them, no, because you you may tell me today that you want to do all of them, but in six months, you're not going to have anything left to give. Nope. And they don't always like that, but, no, but it's, because it's their true. heart serve is so strong, but I've seen it. I mean, I've doing it for 15 years. Like I know. <laughs> it's so intimate what you're doing. Absolutely. And, and that right there is draining. It takes such a heavy toll. Healthcare workers, there are many people in those positions and people say, oh, you can't compare them to nurses. Yeah, in a way I can't, because this is a healing thing that you're doing. It's using your skills, but you are throwing everything you possibly can to get to know these families immediately. Yeah. Because you are in a Well, you're very intimate with them. I mean, it's the most vulnerable moment of their entire lives. And you're in a time crunch because you don't know how long you'll have this opportunity with them as you found with your first inspiration. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We've got some beautiful kiddos that we've been working with almost the entire time we've been in existence that shouldn't be here and still are. And we call them our journey kids. 
And we continue to do pictures for those families. They get to do all of our, we do our support system. We have a huge carnival every year that our families go to for free. We do like Mother's Day spa day for our moms who never take care of themselves. And we just try and do as much as we can to create a family in a sense, because we want them to connect with each other too. Because nobody's really going to understand what they're going through, except somebody else who's walked that road. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's really important to me that we support them in all ways. And I am on call. I answer the call for all of it. So I'm on call 24-7, 365, because I manage sessions for all of our locations. There's days where the phone rings and I'm just like, I, uh, <laughs> I need a minute. <laughs> And that's just that compassion fatigue when it just comes in waves. And even where I'm at in Springfield, I try not to go on sessions because I try to recognize that I'm doing a lot already. Yeah. Um, but again, if somebody can't go, I, I will go because it's yeah. just, I'm never going to leave a family without. And that's kind of why we have such large photography bases too, is that we don't want to leave. I mean, there've been times where I've had to say, no, we don't have anybody and it stinks, but Our goal is to not have to do that. And we have a great local grant funder here that focuses on our photographers. Wow. um, Focuses that grant specifically is for keeping them motivated. And we provide training opportunities for them. We do like an incentive drawing every month. So for however many sessions you did last month, you're put in the drawing and you get, you know, a little thank you in your Facebook messages, Facebook pay. So Um, And that's specifically what that grant is designed for. And we obviously are not at a capacity where we can pay our photographers. And that's a one day we'd like to kind of situation. Right now, we're doing what we can to make sure that they know we appreciate them. I love how you're hitting this from so many angles. And it isn't just the families, but you're also trying to nurture and protect your photographers. Absolutely. Their mental well-being and... I appreciate that you are not growing and trying, oh, I mean, nationwide and, you know, in a year. You can't with the way you're doing this. And at some point, too, you're going to need another, you know, regional director type of thing to help with that load. Because, like you said, there's only so many hours, even if you're doing this full time, being compensated, it doesn't matter. It's still that many hours. Yeah. So the the way that we're doing our out-of-state chapters is I have a team within those areas um, where it's like a three person, three prongs. Like I've got a person that works with photographers, a person that works with the hospital and a person that does support. So that our eventual, we just launched the first one. So we're still working on showing them how things work and how we do things. But our eventual thing would be to add, like they get a phone line for that area. And so the call goes to their chapter organizer because I recognize that there's just no way I can, I can barely do the ones that I've got. I mean, there's just no way. I'm glad that you said, you know, there's a lot of organizations that I follow that are doing beautiful work in the same capacity that go nationwide within a couple of years. And I've seen it. I've watched them fall apart. I've seen one completely deteriorate because she couldn't manage it all. And I said from the get-go, we're going to take it slow. We're going to let it be God breathes. And we're going to wait for when things are supposed to happen, not when we want them to happen. So yeah, it's been 10 years that we're finally going out of state, but it feels right. It didn't feel right before. It feels right now. 
but that is also why I quit my job because it was like, we're ready to do this and I can't do this and work a full-time job. There's just no way. There is no way. And it isn't one of those situations where you can say, oh, if I just had the right online tool to make appointments, this isn't like that. You can't do that. This is (laughs) so intimate, so personal, and so unique in each situation. You can't just say, you know, block time on my calendar. I want to have them come that day. Right. Well, and there's a lot of organizations that do um, just like 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. or something on this photos they provide. And we're 24-7, 365 because these little babies are born at all hours of the day. And if you don't go in, especially with the loss, if you don't go in and do pictures within a couple of hours, you're not giving those families the best opportunity for the best images that they actually may want to like print and hang on their wall because those little babies, their condition starts to deteriorate after that. And so we're not interested in going eight hours later. Like we know. So uh, I have a great partnership with the hospitals that we work with. They understand, they give me the opportunity to train their staff and explain our processes. And they understand that you call us when mom presents to the hospital and you realize that the baby's gone. Like then I can line up photographers for the next 48 hours. And I know exactly who I'm calling when it's time to go. So we have a whole system that works works really, really well. And I'm really grateful for that. And the hospitals that we're starting to work with in these new locations I love that we're starting the relationship like here in Missouri. Like I kind of had to build that relationship right. over time, but knowing what I know now I can start it from scratch in the right place to where I'm telling them we need to train your staff. I need to do that first. Like they need to know how we can best serve these families together instead of just guessing. Yes. So I'm very, I guess maybe I micromanage a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> But we have, but I to. have to in order to make sure that my photographers are cared for and that these families are cared for. And those are my priorities. They're equally balanced. I'm glad that you picked up on that because it's really important to me that both are protected. Fellow empath here. So I don't deliver blankets. I can't. I stopped delivering blankets 20 years ago because I got so emotionally involved. When we would make it, my heart would just break. No matter what facility, whether it was an orphanage, a battered women's shelter, a hospital, Ronald McDonald house, all of it, I just soaked it in and it just would destroy me Yeah, because my heart would break for these families and these kids. And so I have a delivery team and I recognize I needed that. So I have a group of about three people here that I can just call when I have a pile of blankets and say, okay, this is where I think we need them. These are the types we have you go do it and they even find the places for me so i don't even i mean they just take care of all that and that's how we've been operating and we were one of those rare exceptions that did explode within a month to nationwide it really just depends on what you're doing we're making blankets i mean yeah you know when you've got when you've got photographers that you have to depend on that's that's the other thing i have created on the back end a structure where there's accountability I was part of an organization previously when I first started doing this 15 years ago and there was no accountability for me as a photographer on whether or not I gave the pictures to the family on a timeline or anything. And it was just mind boggling to me how you could have something of this nature and not make sure that things happen. So for us, like the images are turned into the organization and we send them to the family. We have a timeline set in place. We've got like 
I mean, we've got a whole structure of systems in the background where it's like, I'm making sure these families are getting what they're supposed to be getting when they're supposed to be getting them. So when you've got something like that, I mean, you can't really take that na nationwide in an instant no. because you've got to make sure that you're finding the right people that are going to be willing to abide by that. <laughs> yeah, it's it really just depends. It's not to say, and I don't want anybody to ever think that, that maybe listening or watching, like it's not to say that you can't do something that explodes. It's just, it depends on what you're trying to do. And it really depends on however it happens, as long as the integrity is there and you maintain the integrity and you don't make compromises in order for that growth to happen, right. then go for it. But if you're making compromises, if you're, you know, changing your strategies and cutting corners, then it's not sustainable at all. No. And it is so time sensitive for what you do. It requires a very savvy business person, a very disciplined business person. And each of these photographers needs to also have that same type of experience because it's right. hard to teach people that type of discipline. I mean, I'm sure that's part of your vetting process. They can't make the deadlines. I mean, kick them off the project. I mean, that's yeah. like you do in a business. You have to yeah. because you can't let your clients down. Right. Absolutely. Well, we have, and you know, there's always that as societally, like we have this juxtaposition between volunteer and employee, and I don't have to be held to the same standards as a volunteer, but by golly, I hold you to the same standards. <laughs> I mean, we have a minimum number of sessions that you have to do per year in order to stay active as a volunteer. And yeah, there's definitely parameters that they have to meet on a regular basis. There's a lot of grace a lot of course of because of the nature of what we do right. and i recognize that people have lives and i've all i tell them all the time as long as you're communicating with me yes that's what i look for if i'm not hearing from you in 6 months then there's a problem there um but if you're telling me you know life is just getting in the way and i'm dealing with other stuff then we you know you take a leave of absence or you know you take the time Pause that it. you need and you come back mm -hmm. yeah so we just have conversations. I'm a very direct person. <laughs> so I'm like, just, just tell me how it is. That's all I want to know. I don't exactly. want you to be around the bush. Just let, I don't have time for the frivolous. Right. <laughs> oh, it's true. I, I mean, I go through that in my own businesses. You know, Absolutely. stuff does happen all the time, but the communication is the key. I know with our volunteers, every quarter, they have to check in with a quarterly report, even if they did nothing. I don't care if it's a bunch of zeros but I need them to check in. So I know they are still on board. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that I'm going to shift just a little bit here, whether you okay. use this or not. <laughs> when we were building up to me leaving my job, one of the things that I recognized was that if I, and then this is through like the salary support program that I use provides a mentor. And he asked me this question and it really just like blew my mind. And he was like, if you got, hit by bus and we're in the hospital Would this organization run without you. And I was no, no, it would completely implode. That's what I created. Like that is on me. I did that. <laughs> so when we knew that I was leaving my job eight months in advance, and then simultaneously the board that I had at the time all had life events occur where they had to step down. I even had one board member who said, we're growing too fast. I can't handle it. And I can't deal with this growth. And she stepped down all at the same time. So I was literally left with 
one person who actually has been with me from the start. And so she just had gotten into a place where she was ready to step up. And so she became my vice president. We sat down for three hours and decided, how are we going to structure the system to where it is sustainable? Completely revamped our bylaws, just redid everything. And now we didn't even have our board members with a fundraising minimum before. Um, it kind of blows my mind that I didn't, but I do now. All my board, board members have a fundraising minimum. We're doing quarterly reviews with them. Never did that before because I had silent board members. And I said, like I mentioned, we're a functional board. Right. And so to have silent board members on a functional board does not work. So it was just really revamping like all of that. And because we've done that, even in just the last, I guess it's almost eight months since we, we brought the new board on in August, but since I've quit my job, like just... I see the structures getting in place. I know that it's going to work. I actually go to Italy for three weeks in May for my 20th anniversary. And my vice president and my service coordinator are like, we're not going to talk to you that whole time unless you're telling us how beautiful it is. We're going to run it and it's going to be fine. <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to it. <laughs> I would think. Because I mean, I, think so. I haven't had a break like that in 10 years. <laughs> and that's huge. Yeah. That is the fact that I'm able to do that and that we recognized. And I know the hit by a bus plan has been a mantra of mine for decades. I always, because my clients will say, well, you know, you're a small little boutique business for my marketing company. That's what generates income for me. Right. And, you know, what if something happens to you? I said, well, these are the five people that are on call to take over if something happens to me. Yeah. And they know their pieces and it'll take them a little bit to get up to speed to catch up, but they're there. Yeah, absolutely. So from the technical standpoint, programming standpoint, marketing, replacing me. Mm -hmm. So they might charge a different amount, but you won't fall apart. Right. Absolutely. And so I did that with Binky Patrol. I've done it with both of my companies. It just, you need to have that in place and I need to have it because I'm it for my family. I'm the income provider. And so what happens to my family? Right. To keep that income coming in for them. How can I keep that going? So putting people in place that are able to jump in and take over, it's hard and it changes sometimes. Yeah. It changes who it would be. And, you know, the people you think would do, it's like, hmm, that's not going to fit anymore. I'm very close to most everybody on my board. It's people that have I've known for years, been following what I'm doing and they're invested and that's what I want. Right. And, and all of them are like, but I think that's the difference is that they can differentiate our friendship from the organization and they recognize and respect what I'm trying to do. And then it happens. And I've had that happen with Binky Patrol. I've even had that happen in my own businesses when you try and help a friend or bring somebody on or even yeah. family and the dictator that comes out so fast. Oh, no. <laughs> that word. oh my gosh. And part of it is it's in there. It's their bugaboos too about authority and other things it has nothing to do with you actually. Yeah. Yeah. But the two have crossed now. And so it's a difficult thing when you're separating out. You know, with a nonprofit, we're always looking for more help, especially when it's volunteer help. And we welcome more than we usually should. Right. And right. it is a difficult choice to make. I've had to fire volunteers and just say, you're not a fit. You know, please do not list that you work with us. Yeah. 
remove that email that mentions Binky, but you can't use the word Binky legally, only, you know, you have to have special permission to use it. You have to take that off of everything that you do. It's been an interesting journey on that piece, but I have very few times that's come up and I'm very grateful for that. Right. But yeah, it's a... <laughs> yeah, our photographers do a photographer agreement and it's got a non-compete in it you know, early stages, I had a photographer join our organization and then quit after she'd done all the training and start her own in her local community. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not how this works. <laughs> right. Hey, folks, you aren't photographers, but if you want to support the kids we support, we make our, um, some of our volunteers make the little angel sets, mm -hmm. the burial sets. Yeah. So that they have something beautiful to put their yeah. child in. And so that's, you know, one more thing. It's like, okay, you're crafty, then do that. Make yep. those and get them over to Michelle and she can get them to the families. Yeah, we actually tried to do a program like that where we turned wedding gowns into burial gowns. It just didn't take off here. The families just weren't using them. No. They no, wanted but... their own stuff that they bought and brought in and. Yeah. Yeah, so we end up making them and we just, we end up giving her the NIC units. Thank you for being my guest. Thank you, Susan. I appreciate you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right, bye. This podcast is sponsored by Impact for Good at impact4good.com. Impact for Good is the one source for bringing community service to your next event. Excited and engaging team building activities are just part of what they offer. Let them identify the best cause or beneficiary to support manage the donation logistics, and bring the spirit of community service to your group. From your initial request through the day of your event, Impact for Good handles all the details. Be sure to visit them at impact4good.com. That's impact for good. Impact for Good.